This is The Jerry Callahan Show. What a day. I'm so excited. I am very excited here, Iron And let me tell you why. Donald J. Trump is going to come, is going to return to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, which means the liberals, the New York Times, MSNBC, Keith Olbermann are going to lose their minds. I'm not sure Keith Olbermann can lose his mind. He's lost it years and years ago. A judge in San Francisco has ordered the release of the body cam video from the cops who uh, showed up at Paul Pelosi's house while he was uh, wrestling with his friend, (laughs) his friend with the hammer. Uh, I'm I'm waiting. We're waiting. Maybe it'll come. uh, Maybe it'll be released while we are sitting here doing this show. We're sending M1 tanks, Abram tanks to Ukraine. That's great. Let's uh, escalate the war uh, because I'm pretty sure I mean, Ukrainians are smart people, You're resourceful people. I'm sure they have some great soldiers, but uh, they don't know how to operate Abrams tanks. That's our job. So we will have Americans in those tanks, servicing those tanks. And uh, let's hope, let's pray that they all survive because uh, this is a major escalation. And by the way, Trump has not tweeted yet, but he has posted on Truth Social that this is stupid and we should end the war. It's perhaps... Uh, Trump's greatest position. He's the only world leader out there demanding we end this end this uh, war, uh, which has killed like 200,000 uh, civilians already. We got Dave Chappelle, again, talking about his friends in the trans community. We have a trans prisoner, a rapist, a guy who raped a couple of women, and then as he was being tried, became a woman. And now he's off to women's off to a woman's prison. Yes, that's happening. Uh, we got Joe Scarborough. He's upset that people are mocking him for uh, for missing his fourth booster. He got COVID because he skipped his fourth booster, and he really regrets that. And he's taken a lot of criticism. And Joe doesn't handle those things well. We have the mayor of Boston, Mayor Wu, promising to give away land to developers who are going to build the projects, but they have to promise no fossil fuels. So this little dot on the map in Boston, the mayor is determined to save the planet, to change the temperature of the planet. And uh, I don't see what could go wrong there, Uh, but uh, she's just, she's just a child. She really is. She's a silly, she belongs on a college campus with a sign protesting climate change, but she's a mayor and she's going to ruin this city. And of course we have our NFL picks with Montante, but uh, you know what, you know where I want to start today. I don't know why it's just me. I want to start with the biggest story in years, in at least three years. It's certainly the biggest story in 2023. You can tell, you know, how you can tell, because there's not a word about it in the New York Times, not a word about it in uh, the Boston Globe. I'm going to guess it hasn't been mentioned on NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN. I'm going to guess there's not a, I'm just guessing here. I haven't checked all these places, but I'm going to guess not a word in the Atlantic or the Daily Beast or Politico. Just get CNN. Um, I, I got, ooh, and I, uh, let me put CNN right now. See, see if they're going to break in with the big news. It is literally, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not uh, dramatizing this, dramatizing it, whatever. It is a bombshell. It is a massive story. It should be the lead of every, every newscast, every newspaper, every website. It's not, which I'm not surprised. See, I think you know by now my favorite topic every day, my favorite topic is the dishonesty, the corruption of the mainstream media. We do not have journalists anymore. Well, we do. I shouldn't say that. We do have journalists. We have great journalists. They work for Project Veritas. Project Veritas is a pariah. They're, 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 they're the enemy, according to the mainstream media, because they do journalism. And there's, if there's one thing journalists hate, it's journalism. They hate when someone goes out there and does actual journalism. But this should interest everybody. It should infuriate everybody. You have uh, a group, Project Veritas, led by James O'Keefe, a group of uh, um, real hardworking, smart, 
creative, imaginative, important journalists. They do undercover journalism, which when 60 Minutes does it, uh, or used to do it, the mainstream media celebrates it. They love, you know, hidden cameras and gotcha journalism. So do I, for the most part. Well, no one does it better than James O'Keefe. And he is completely ignored. I made this point before we play it. It's, it's stunning. But I made this point last night on, on Twitter. It is literally the biggest story, I don't know, in, in years, or at least since COVID began. And the, the um, it won't get a mention on any of the above. It wouldn't even make it on Twitter six months ago. If this were pre-Musk, I'm not sure. Well, I guess we would hear about, I would hear about it on, uh, I don't know where. <laughs> maybe on some websites, maybe it would make it on to, you know, townhall.com or Breitbart. But thank God, once again, thank God for Elon Musk. He hasn't done everything he promised, but thank God he's opened it up and returned to Project Veritas. These guys were banned. They were banned by uh, Pramawal, whatever, JJ, all those uh, authoritarians who used to run Twitter. They banned O'Keefe. They banned Project Veritas for doing their jobs. Uh, They're back, and thank God they are, because we have this story. I'll just give you the... uh, uh, quick synopsis, and then we'll get right to the hidden, right to the undercover video, which is amazing. Uh, We were just talking about before we started recording. How do these guys keep doing it? I mean, this is, they've done it dozens and dozens of times. You've seen it before. They've gotten, uh, you know, whatever, uh, big farmer execs. They've gotten CNN people, New York Times people on hidden camera. And they do it by having drinks with them. They do it by sitting down, whining and dining them, getting them to open up and in whatever, in a, in a pocketbook or a suit or a briefcase is a hidden camera. And it just keeps happening. These people just keep stepping into it. It is brilliant journalism. That is what it is. This guy's name to set this up is Jordan Tristan Walker, Pfizer's director of research and development and strategic operations. And their quote, M-R-N-A, scientific planner. This is no small-time lackey. This is no guy sitting in a cubicle down in the food chain at Pfizer. This is a major Pfizer executive. In fact, I don't know this, but I'm going to guess he's probably a billionaire at this point because Pfizer is chock full of billionaires because of the vaccine mandates, because the federal government has forced everybody to get vaccines they don't need and, and double boost and everything. And every time, cha-ching, every time someone gets a jab, this guy makes some money. Um, here is, uh, he was caught by an undercover Project Veritas employee admitting that the big pharmaceuticals future approach to COVID, admitting what the big pharmaceutical future approach will be. Uh, Quote, one of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just mutate COVID ourselves so we could create, preemptively develop new vaccines? <laughs> what? Create, mutate uh, uh, viruses that require new vaccines so they can develop new vaccines and sell them. It is amazing. I understand that the New York Times is the Praetorian Guard of the, of, the, of the Biden regime, of the establishment of the deep state. I understand the Washington Post has no ethics. I get it. CNN, ABC, NBC, I understand they're not journalists. They work for the Biden administration. They work for Big Pharma. That is what they do. But come slipping through the cracks is this merry band of actual journalists. And sometimes, you know, they get guys, whatever, the New York Times, they get the guy at the New York Times to admit, this was a few months ago, that uh, January 6th was no big deal, that journalism, that media people were, were trumping it up and, and, and pretending it was, uh, you know, an insurrection and a threat to democracy. A New York Times guy admitted that was all made up. And you probably didn't see it because this was, I believe this was pre-Musk, so you didn't get to see it. 
But this time you do. Thanks. Thank you, Elon Musk. Thank you, Twitter. Uh, no thanks to you, uh, mainstream media, uh, uh, you know, Google. They're going to, they're, you're going to see this thing banned. It'll go away. YouTube, you will not be allowed to play it on YouTube. But what do we care? Let's listen to Jordan Tristan Walker. As of now, Pfizer's director of research and development. Has he been fired yet? Because has he disappeared yet? Because that's coming. Because he just let the cat out of the bag in a big way. Let's let's listen to Jordan. Go ahead. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this. You got to publish your own story. You got to publish your own story. We're exploring, like, now, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can predictably develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. to be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like, you know, goes everywhere. Something crazy. But it's the way that the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Meet Jordan Tristan. Jordan Tristan Walker. Walker to the uh, undercover journalist. Don't tell anyone. Promise you won't tell anyone. The way the experiment would work is that we would put the virus in monkeys and we successfully cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples from them. You have to be very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that goes everywhere, which I suspect is the way the virus started in Wuhan, to be honest. (laughs) It makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. It's bullshit, says uh, Tristan, Jordan, Tristan Walker. It is, how long is this report for? It's about 10, 10, 10 minutes. Minute, yeah. 10 minutes. You got to watch the whole thing. You got to see the whole transcript. It is earth shaking. And to me, it's scandalous at every level, including uh, the fact that the media won't cover it. It, it, it is, I, I understand in some cases, when you got media people who hate Trump, love Biden, and you know they're they're advocates, they're activists, they have been for years. It got much worse after Trump hit the scene. But at some point, at some point, do they have no pride, no dignity, no professionalism? They see this, they hear this. A Pfizer executive saying they're going to mutate the virus so they can create more vaccines and make more money. And they say, nah, we're good. We're good. Let's uh, let's talk about climate. Yeah, the reason you're not going to hear that on the mainstream, though, is watch any big news show, every commercial or every other commercial is either Moderna or Pfizer. So you're not going to hear it. It's, it's amazing. I And have you seen the list of uh, celebrity spokesmen, Michael Phelps, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's it's remarkable how many how many spokespeople they've hired. Celebrities. I mean, they the SBF can't hold a candle to Pfizer. They have everybody on the payroll. It's it's truly sinister what they're doing, and including what's left of you know the social media companies, Facebook and 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 Google and Twitter and. Uh, and YouTube, as you know, but I'm just looking. Let me see. New York Times, I got their daily briefing. They they send out to everybody in an email. The lead, the 1619 Project continues to provoke national debate about race and history. The totally debunked, full of lies, 1619 Project is their lead. And they actually have like an interview with Hannah Jones, the uh, the author of that totally debunked Garbage. The latest news. Let's see. In politics, some Democrats are criticizing President Biden's handling of classified documents. Donald Trump will uh, regain access to his Facebook and Twitter. Republicans in at least 24 states have proposed anti-transgender bills. I call those uh, pro-child bills. A drug maker filed a lawsuit in federal court to challenge West Virginia's ban on abortion pills. So they got some stories about drug makers. 
Louisiana's practice of detaining inmates beyond their court-ordered release dates violates the Constitution, says the Justice Department. Biden's decision to send tanks to Ukraine unlocked unlocked a flow of heavy arms from Europe. Uh, In Britain, more people with jobs are turning to food banks to feed their children. The trial of Alex Murdaugh, that's a big deal. Uh, that that scumbag murderer down in uh, wherever he is, South Carolina, uh, guy killed his wife and kid. I I, I know the trial is uh, a big deal to the mainstream media. The murders in Half Boone Bay, a six-year-old kid in Virginia shot his teacher. We know about that. Oh, egg prices continue to skyrocket. Some people are trying to bring eggs across the U.S. border in Mexico. Oh, and this one, now that Splash Mountain, a popular ride at Walt Disney World, is closed, super fans are selling what they say is the water. That's another big story. People are taking the water from Splash Mountain and selling it on Facebook Marketplace or somewhere. Get buy some water from, not a word, not a word. I know most people listening to me understand that the media is totally corrupt, that they are totally unethical immoral, borderline criminal. But at what point do they say we can't ignore a story this big, this huge, this epic? Pfizer, who's forced most of Americans to get a jab, including many Americans who didn't need it, and some who have suffered grave side effects. Uh, You don't see that. You can't read about that everywhere. You can't get that news everywhere, but it's out there. And that company, a guy, a high-ranking executive, just admitted that they have a scheme to mutate viruses to make more vaccines to make more money. Do we have any more from this? 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 I almost feel sorry for him. He's just such a fool. Wouldn't you think? Didn't you think the director of research and development at Pfizer would be brilliant? Didn't you think he'd be some guy, some who, who just was beyond brilliant. And when he spoke, you'd be in awe. This is a guy like in a bar, like, I don't know, flirting. Would you say he's flirting with the reporter from Project Veritas? That's uh, what um, someone in the comments said that a lot of these um, seem to be getting set up on dates. And from, from the uh, dating sites? Yeah. That, that's the way James O'Keefe finds them. Well, God bless him. He's using all the resources he can. But what logic is it? I wonder this all the time when you're in the newsroom right now at the uh, New York Times, and obviously everybody there is, you know, transgender and gay, and they're, they're all real radicals. And Hannah Jones and her dyed red hair—they're all sitting around a table, and they say, "Well, Project Veritas has this amazing video. What do you guys think?" No, no, they're selling water from Splash Mountain. We got more important stories to get to. <laughs> at what point? Can it, does it get so big that they can't ignore it? Uh, I would think we've reached this point. I would think with, with COVID still in the news, with people still pushing vaccines, as you, as you say, there's still lots of paid spokesmen out there. I mean, you'll we'll watch football Sunday and there'll be commercials saying, don't forget, get your booster, get your vaccine. And be like, wait, isn't that the company that's trying to mutate, trying to create more viruses so they can make more money. Isn't that the same company? Yeah. Uh, and I'm and just sitting here wondering if DeMar Hamlin's really alive or not. He's <laughs> a body double. Uh, but, uh, in, and, and you'll see, hell, Joe Scarborough will be talking about getting his fourth booster, or should I say skipping his fourth booster, which is the reason he got COVID. He says it's the reason COVID knocked him for a loop According to his honey next to him, he wasn't right for months, months. What do you think that means? He wasn't right. Oh, no, I, I just re- I just related to him so much being married. And when he's like telling a story and she's like, let me interject and tell you exactly how it was. Yeah. <laughs> he, he goes, you knocked me for a loop for a month, uh, for a while. And she goes, months. He goes, not months. He goes, yes, months. <laughs> they were like ready to have a little fight on set, yeah. which would be fine. There was definitely some tension there. Do we have a. Uh, Scarborough, we should do this because Scarborough, he's one of those guys like Keith Oldman who gets touchy. You know, he can't handle any criticism. He can, he can dish it out, but he can't take it. So after we played it yesterday and I'm sure many people have heard it uh, after he said that he got COVID and it really 
kicked the crap out of him because he skipped his fourth booster. If he'd only gotten that fourth booster, he'd be okay. And he compared it to a, a flu vaccine, a flu shot, not a vaccine, a flu shot. Uh, and says, you know, that thing that was supposed to pre- prevent COVID, you're going to need to get it like every year for the rest of your life, maybe twice a year for the rest of your life. And it won't prevent COVID, but you know, COVID won't be as bad if you just keep getting jabbed. So we get a lot of heat, a lot of criticism, and he can't take it. And he uh, lashed out at his critics yesterday. Can you play this? Um, you know, yesterday when I was talking about uh, uh, getting COVID and, I, and, and should have gotten a fourth booster shot, a lot of these freaks go, oh, fourth booster shot, robot. No, listen, here's the deal, moron. <laughs> if you get a flu shot, what do you do? Do you go to the doctor? Oh, my God, you want me to have a 50th flu shot? No, you get a flu shot every year. Right. And as we're finding out with this pandemic, well, it lasts six months, maybe a year. So, yes, yes. Put on your big boy pants. Put on your big girl pants. And if you want to be healthy, I don't care if you don't. That's your business. Smoke cigarettes. Do whatever you want to do. Stay up all night. Don't sleep. That's fine. Be unhealthy, your choice. My concern here, though, and let me bring in Reverend Sharpen because we've talked about this. My concern, Rev, is that there's a disinformation <laughs> out there where people are saying, oh, well, the, it doesn't work because you, you've got to keep getting booster shots. The thing is, you're always trying to build up your immunity and people are still dying from COVID. Is it a crisis right now? Well, for the people who are dying of COVID, yeah. It's a crisis. Is it as bad as it's been? No. But as a doctor explained to me when I didn't want to get flu shots, you're not just doing it for yourself, Joe. You're doing it for everybody. Will this stop you from getting the flu? No, but it'll make the flu that you get a little less intense. I like doing it. He brings on Sharpton, doesn't let him speak. (laughs) Look at Sharpton. So you can't have, if I have this right on MSNBC, you can't have Jordan Tristan Walker. Pfizer's Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, and MRNA Scientific Planner. You can't have him speaking honestly about the plans Pfizer has to create more virus. can't have that. But, could you, but you can have Al Sharpton and Joe Scarborough, two dummies, talking about uh, the vaccine and how we all have to get our fourth booster. And by the way, in the middle of that, he says, do what you want. Smoke cigarettes. Don't sleep. Okay, why why don't we just agree to to that? That if you want to get your fourth booster, get it. Mm. How is that protecting other people? I'm so sick of that. Didn't we kind of get past that a year and a half ago? Yeah. If you get vax, if you want to get vaccinated, fine, get vaccinated. Don't tell me I have to do it to protect you if you have the option to get vaccinated. I mean. Well, and how can you want to have an expert on have uh, have Robert Malone on have Peter McCullough on have Jay Bhattacharya on? They won't. Mm. They'll have Al Sharpton on. That's who they have on MSNBC to talk about the uh, the Pfizer vaccine. Al Sharpton. I think <laughs> I think real. everyone should get on Twitter and start complaining because he said uh, uh, big girl and boy pants. But what about the they them pants? So, so big boy, he caught himself too. Big boy and big girl pants. Yeah, exactly. No one's actually ever said big girl pants. Uh, but so, so uh, it's a big boy, big girl thing to get your fourth booster. Mm-hmm. What? I mean, why can't we just all agree that some people, if you think it lessens the symptoms, if it thinks it keeps you out of the hospital, it keeps you alive, good. Get then the people who are vulnerable should do it. As Malone has said, as as many have said, if you're if you're 70 years old, if you're like Al Sharpton in your 70s and you're and you're obviously unhealthy, go ahead. If you, I mean, he, obviously he's he's naturally obese. He had the tummy tuck surgery. Sharpton should get a booster like every other day. Fine, go ahead. But why do you think telling somebody else, some healthy young person, get boosted and protect me. What are, what are you even talking about? Joe Scarborough's a freaking moron. That's just so stupid. No, we are. He was talking I, to us and calling us morons. So we yeah, are. You're a, yeah, right. You're a moron. If you think it's silly that he, he, he laments, he bemoans the fact that he didn't get his fourth booster. And that's why 
he had such a tough time with COVID because he didn't get his fourth booster. And go back. These are the same people who said a year and a half ago, just get, get a shot and you'll be fine. You'll never get COVID. You'll never spread COVID. The whole thing, the whole house of cards fell apart. And now we see, we have proof that Pfizer's motivated strictly by money and they're coming up with ways, really nefarious ways to make more money and the media ignores it. It's, it's remarkable, but I have a feeling, I just have a feeling this is too big for them to ignore forever. I mean, some people, obviously the New York times will ignore it because they're so damn unethical, but at some point there has to be some pushback where they say, dude, have you seen this story? Have you seen the video from project Veritas? And what does Pfizer do? Do they keep this guy as their director of research and development? Is he in the lab today? I mean, he might be a little hungover, but is he in the lab today trying to come up, mutate viruses? That's his job. Oh, this is just madness. But it's not the only thing, man. We got so much. You know what? It feels like the world's gone crazy, which I love. I like when the world goes crazy. I love chaos. But Donald Trump's coming back, coming back to Twitter. And I think any day now, he can't help himself coming back to Facebook. Doesn't he have to at least come back to take a bow for winning the club championship at his golf course? Yeah, it's a big I mean, day. We need, we need a first person account of how you did it, Donald, how you pulled it up. <laughs> you skipped the first day. You went out and played by yourself and you had a, and you had a score five shots better than anybody when you were all by yourself. And then he says, I'm the champ. Yeah, give me the trophy little nutty, but that's Trump. I've said a million times when he comes back, it'll be, I'll have mixed emotions. He'll stir it up. He'll piss off all the right people, but it'll be juvenile. It'll be sophomoric. It'll be petty. That's what he does on, uh, on Twitter and, uh, oh, social. That's what he does on truth social, but he did have a damn good, uh, truth social on the war. Uh, I believe this was last night. Um, yeah, this was after, obviously, Biden announced he's sending 30 Abrams N1 tanks with crews, with operators, with Americans. He might have left that out, but that's that's part of the package. Uh, And Trump truthed, first come the tanks, then come the nukes. Get this crazy war ended now. So easy to do, exclamation point again. It's just so it's, it's, it's the way he does it. I just, can't you just write complete sentences, get someone to help you. I know this means he does it himself. This is from the brain of Donald Trump. That's good. You've never, we've never seen a tweet from Joe Biden. Never. Hell, half of Joe Biden's tweets come out after Joe Biden goes to bed. There's some, you know, 24 year old intern tweeting for Joe Biden and bragging about the economy, just lying as usual. But, we know these come from Trump, right? We know it. And he, and he, and he get this war ended so easy to do. And to me, I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think it's necessary. I think we should be leading the way, demanding both sides sit down, demanding they end this before another 200,000 civilians die, before we use our M1 Abrams tanks to kill Russians and then Russian, you know, Russia escalates it. This is not going to go, this is not going over well with Vladimir Putin, the guy who has more nukes than anybody in the world. It's just so crazy how cavalier people like Biden and, you know, we know, we know what this war is all about. We know it's a big money laundering operation. We know they take the money we send them and they buy U.S. munitions from U.S., defense contractors and then the defense contractors give the money to the politicians. It's a big money laundering operation, but Christ, what, at what point do you say we want to deescalate? We want to, we want to force, we want to encourage peace talks. We want to encourage people to uh, at least talk about ending this. And every time I say this or do this or tweet this, I get all these people saying, it's just what Putin wants. And would you, would you want to deescalate and, and talk peace if someone attacked, uh, you know, the U S yeah. If it meant saving hundreds of thousands of civilian lives. Yeah. That's kind of how war works. Is it worth it? Is that you got to do your risk reward assessment? Is it worth escalating this war for what? 
how do you think it ends? You think it ends well? You think, you know, those tanks are just going to push, you know, Ukraine over the top and they'll win? They'll win and it'll be like a parade through Kiev with the Abrams, M1 Abrams tanks and a bunch of people uh, waving flags and cheering because they won? Uh, it's not going to end well. It's going to end ugly. If you think, if you think uh, Putin's going to hand Crimea back to Ukraine ever before he shoots off some nukes, you're crazy. And uh, Trump, once again, is the uh, voice of reason. But uh, all right, we got to let, can we play? I want to play this dummy from the New York Times because uh, it, it's kind of comical. You get the, the, the panel on MSNBC, Mara Gay, she's a New York Times editorial writer, total moron. She's the one who, when, when um, she was told Michael Bloomberg spent 300 million on, um, and political on, on his campaign. She said he could have just given a million dollars to every American with that money. <laughs> yeah. I think she was with, I forget what she was with. Uh, I think she might've been with Brian William. Um, I don't one of these other idiots, but she said he could have just given every American a million dollars. She thinks if three, if you have $300 million, you can give every American a million dollars. That's how bright she is. And then you got this total fraud, John Meacham, who was literally writing speeches for Joe Biden during the campaign and then going on the air and saying, what a great speech Biden gave today. No disclaimer. So this guy is a totally, total fraud, a total liar, an unethical guy. So they're discussing, debating what it's going to be like to have Trump back on uh, Twitter. Go ahead, play it. An important point, I think some of this probably is reaction to criticism that they've received, trying to be balanced while he is running for president. We've got to give him another chance. We don't want to be attacked by conservatives as being anti-Trump and all the rest of it. So clearly some of that factors into this as well. I, as though you can satisfy that part of the country or the electorate, um, you know, I think that's a fool's errand as well. But John has made a good point too here, which is that uh, you don't want to, uh, whether you're a company or an institution, you don't want to hand over the keys um, to democracy to have someone destroy that democracy. So do you want to be that institution that... Uh, really helps take down the country. I mean, this is a this is a business. So oh yes, it's a little God. bit different than a public institution, but we should still be asking the moral question. I mean, if this was years ago, we would ask moral questions. Do we want a chemical company as a chemical company? Should we be supporting um, weapons of war? I mean, these are questions that are not new in American history, but we should be asking them. And Facebook may not have, or Meta may not have the same responsibility. Um, you know, as a business, I mean, it has a responsibility to its shareholders. Fine, but we can still ask those moral questions, and we should. <laughs> uh, and she looks to John Meacham to answer the moral questions. Talk about an immoral guy, but take down our democracy. So here's what's going to happen: instead of Trump posting on Truth Social and everybody reposting them on Twitter, which happens instantly, he gets to tweet. And this moron from the New York Times says that might take down our democracy. God, are they still going with that? Yep. Not, it's just so silly. Yeah, Trump's going to post something on Truth Social about whatever, making fun of, I don't know, Adam Schiff, calling him pencil neck. Next thing you know, our democracy will fall. These, do these people listen to themselves? God, what absolute clowns. I got to start watching more because it's amazing how stupid and all right, let's get to shifty shift. If we have time, do we have time to do shifty shift? And then we got to get to Pelosi too in anticipation of the video. You know what? I have a feeling when we see that video, we're going to understand why Nancy uh, asked had, had an exorcism performed at the house. <laughs> we're going to say there's some evil spirits in this place. And uh, she's trying to, uh, what? Trying to rid her home of evil spirits. What, what about is, a story that didn't get a lot of play. No kidding. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, very hired an exorcist, exorcist, an mm -hmm. exorcist, to come to her house and get rid of the evil. What? The, imagine if Trump did that, or I don't know, Kevin McCarthy did that. It'd be kind of a big deal. Do you think uh, Jimmy Kimmel or? Uh, 
or Stephen Colbert made me jokes about the exorcist coming to Nancy Pelosi's house. We're going to get to that video. And, uh, uh, but, but we have uh, just the finest moment of Kevin McCarthy's return to the speakership. He means business. I am glad he's in that position because he sounds like he's ready to kick some ass and take some names, but uh, we will get to that. And we will make our picks for the NFL conference championships, NFC, AFC conference championships. And God, I love the Bengals. I love them. My team, I love the Bengals. I'm rooting for the Bengals. I'm picking the Bengals, but we'll get to that first. A recession-proof investment without compromise, European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full-size in three popular calibers. First-time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All right, if you missed it, uh, Kevin McCarthy kept one of his promises. Uh, Hopefully he keeps them all, but he kicked Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and Elon Omar off their committees. Schiff, Shifty Schiff, and Swalwell. Uh, We're on the Intelligence Committee. That, of course, was a joke. These are snakes and liars. Shift is is the biggest liar. I made the point, again, on Twitter, that uh, you want to kick Santos out of the Congress for lying? Sure, go ahead. But Schiff goes first. Schiff lies every damn day. Schiff lied. uh, To to put, uh, put in context what his lying did, what it meant, he lied every day about Trump colluding with Russia. It was a lie, and he knew it. He said he had evidence. He would eventually show everyone he had evidence in plain sight of Trump colluding with Russia. It was a lie. It kind of, uh, uh, it, it, it in part, uh, you know, motivated the, uh, the, the Mueller investigation, accelerated the Mueller investigation, which cost taxpayers $35 million. It was built on a lie. It was always built on a lie. Everyone knew it. Schiff knew it. He lied over and over again for three years. That scumbag belongs on no committees. He doesn't belong in Congress, but hey, what can you do? California voters are fools and they sent him to Congress. He doesn't get to be in the intelligence committee. And Swalwell, as McCarthy points out, couldn't get a security clearance if he worked at Raytheon. And yet you want him on the intelligence committee looking at uh, very uh, classified top secret stuff. No way. So he kicks him off, of course. I'm not sure why you would ever have them on there, but, uh, and it upset some people, it upset Schiff and Schwalwell and Elon Omar, the uh, Jew hating anti Semite. Um, and they did a press conference that, oh, this is all political. My, my response to this would be so what? Even if it's just political, that's what Nancy Pelosi did. She kicked Paul Gozar and Marjorie Taylor Greene off their committees because she didn't like them. Gozar, like, I don't know what he tweeted, some joke or some cartoon. And then she kicked Jim Banks and Jim Jordan off the January 6th committee just because they were going to, you know, ask questions, cross-examine witnesses. She didn't want that. So that's the definition of political. So what if it's political? You did it first. You were warned when you did it that there'll be payback, and now there's payback, and they don't like it. But uh, McCarthy, off the cuff, no script, answered a question from some uh, Democrat activist posing as a PBS reporter, and he was straight fire, as the kids say. Let's listen. You just raised a question. I'm going to be very clear with you. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, 
other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you... So that's uh, him talking about Schiff, and then uh, we have him going hard at Swalwell as well. Okay, go ahead. And then uh, Swalwell's response, which was, uh, I would say, underwhelming. And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell. Because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing, and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with the Chinese spy until he served on Intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the Intel Committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with the Chinese spy. They brought it to the works of the leaders. I've got that briefing. So I do not believe he should sit on there. That committee... And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. <laughs> he's, he's, he's having this confrontation, by the way, with alleged reporters. Reporters, uh, you know, again, they're frauds, but they're upset that one of their friends, their allies, is not going to be on the intelligence, intelligence committee after he not only slept, not only was sleeping with Fang Fang, a Chinese spy, but she had, he had a relationship with her for years. Mm -hmm. He might not have been in Congress. They, it might have been one of those deals, one of those like like Homeland, the, the show Homeland, where they they targeted him when he was just some local politician, said this is the perfect useful idiot. She raised money and campaigned and helped him get elected to Congress while she was banging him. That That guy thinks he belongs on the Intelligence Committee? He doesn't even belong in the building. The yeah. idea that a, a sleazeball like this should be reviewing sensitive, classified documents, not in any serious country, uh, which, you know, I don't know if we are anymore, but obviously, McCarthy, this was a no-brainer. Obviously, he did what he had to do, but he did a nice job of uh, explaining, and lots of people who thought he was going to be a squishy rhino, uh, they, they were... Uh, Pretty happy with him. All right, I want to do one more thing before we do our get to our NFL picks. There's so much I could do. I could do. I could do six hours. I know you know you got things to do, Ironhead. But uh, it is such a wild time. We haven't even. Uh, we don't even know if the video. Are you are you monitoring to see if that video? I guess it's there three hours or West Coast time, so we're probably not going to see it till later. But I'm uh, unusually excited to see the uh, Pelosi video. Oh, for sure. <laughs> They're not going to, you're not going to see the actual hammer go into his head, but you see the interaction with the cops, see, you know, what the guys, what the fellas were wearing. Remember, you know, I was, gonna, I was just going to say, we got to start taking bets on what they're wearing. I'm going to guess that Pelosi answers the door in a pinwheel hat and furry pink uh, handcuffs. I'm gonna, something frilly, something frilly. Yeah. I'm going to guess, but uh, uh, I don't know. I still fear a cover up. I still think she's so powerful that she's going to do her best to cover it up and, uh, uh, you know, it's like, it's like the Epstein thing, Epstein Island and, and, uh, Bill Gates trips to Epstein Island. When are we going to get, uh, get all the details from Epstein Island? I hope I live long enough to see the list, the actual list. Oh, big news. Adam Schiff is running for the U S Senate. See, that can't happen. This guy, I know California's nuts, but there'll be someone else. There already is some uh, Katie Porter, another lunatic. There'll be some other crazy lefty lunatic who will beat him, but he can't appeal to the whole. First of all, he's a white guy. I think he's heterosexual. You can't win in California with a straight white guy. Secondly, he is a scumbag of the highest order, just a liar, just lies so comfortably, so confidently. I, I could see winning in the district. You know, lunatics win. Ayanna Presley wins in my district. Lunatics can win in a district, but statewide, that's tough. In the biggest state in the country, that's scary. But anyway, quickly, before we get to our NFL picks, do I have time to do this? I want to mention this. Let me just mention it. Michelle Wu, Boston mayor, teen girl, uh, teen mayor of Boston, uh, a blow-in from out of town, a Liz Warren uh, protege, just a lunatic left-wing nut. 
but that's how it goes in the cities these days. We elect just the craziest left wingers and they immediately commence to destroying what's left of the city. So she does her first state of the union. It's just nuts. It's all about uh, affordable, giving away land to people to build affordable housing. No, no plan to it. I mean, no thought to it, but she wants the city to go to eliminate fossil fuels completely by, I don't know, what was it? 2030 or 2035. Just silly nonsense. Electric school buses, (laughs) no gas, you know, no natural gas anywhere. All electric for everything and construction, no fossil fuels. So I don't know. What do you do when construction and you have to clear a lot to build? Do you bring in like ox, like in the old, and have those things, those big things behind the ox to clear the land? And then how do you build without fossil fuels? Like when you have to, I don't know, use a saw, you have to go back to like manual saws. You can't have electric saws. I mean, it's just insane. This is what a mayor thinks will improve the lives of Bostonians to eliminate fossil fuels. And I just did a, did the quick math. First of all, eliminating fossil fuels is utter insanity anywhere. But for a little city, little tiny city, a little dot on the map, what would it do? Say she does that, it succeeds in eliminating fossil nowhere in the city. Nowhere do we use fossil fuels. Everything's electric, which uses fossil fuels. But, hey, we don't want to go there. We get rid of gas and natural gas, and everyone lives happily ever after. Boston's 89 square miles. You want to guess what the world is? I just did this. The world. You want to guess what the the planet, how many square miles? Square miles, I don't know, but I know it's roughly Take like- Take a guess. It's like 26,000 around. I know that. Okay, that- <laughs> 196 million square miles. That means Boston is 0.000045 of the earth. (laughs) Big difference. So you, excuse me, Miss Mayor, Mrs. Mayor, Miss whatever. Excuse me, Michelle. What the hell good does it do for the earth, for the climate, if nobody in Boston is allowed to use gas or natural gas or gas powered engines to do construction to uh, new construction makes you feel good. I guess if we go all electric school buses and all electric police cars, but what does it do for the earth? The answer to that would be absolutely nothing. So you're going to hurt construction. You're going to hurt the economy. You're going to hurt the people of Boston, your people, your constituents, you're going to hurt the economy of this city because you have this silly pie in the sky, green new deal agenda, which helps nothing. It doesn't affect the planet. I guess it makes you feel good, but why? You'd have to be a moron to think there's some reason to feel good about eliminating fossil fuels from this small little tiny dot on the map. And yet, you know, I'm sure the globe will say she's wonderful and all the TV stations will say, oh, it's a bold agenda. She wants a green new deal. Okay, great. What does it do? Why why do I feel like I'm the only one asking this question every day? What does it do to go all green when you're just one little tiny 600,000 people on a planet of 8 billion? What does it do other than hurt the economy, the progress, the people of your city? It doesn't help anything. But that's just me. Anyway, let me do Shay and then we'll get to Montante and my Bengals. All right, let's go. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. Is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, 
you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. Morning. There he is, the man. I tell you, I, I'm, I feel like I'm on a roll. I was, uh, what was I last week? Five and one? The four and all, not a four and all, four and no, four, three and one? Four and one. How many games did we five, have? Yeah, it'd be tough to go five and one when there's only four games, but hey, it can be done. <laughs> anything, anything is possible. Everyone's only four games last week or was the week yeah. before, but whatever. I'm still, yeah, 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 yeah. You're doing awesome. Game two, last 10. You are rolling, and uh, you only got three more games to go to keep it up. But uh, I am, I'm, I'm excited. The NFL is so great. I'm telling you, the NFL, yeah, the whole world's going to stop. Do you see the ratings for San Fran, Dallas? 45 million people wow. watched a divisional round playoff game. And I understand it's Dallas. They're big deals. They're big teams. But uh, hell, here's a better evidence. Here's more evidence of how great the NFL is. Buffalo plays Cincinnati. That can't happen in any other sport. You know why? Because these are such small, insignificant markets that they don't have teams. You know, there's no other sport where Buffalo can play Cincinnati. And if they did, most people wouldn't get, if they played in baseball or basketball, you wouldn't yeah. care. You'd be like, it's Cincinnati, it's Buffalo. Who cares? Yeah, the Reds are on or Buffalo. What, what's their, what are they, the threat? What's their, what's their hockey team? <laughs> Sabres? They're not, they're not doing numbers like that in, in a championship game. No way. And yet these two small markets play and whatever. I don't even see the numbers for that one. Probably 35 million people tune in. And this week, Cincinnati against Kansas City. Another Again, more small markets, insignificant markets. And the world will stop spinning so people can watch these two games. Uh, and, and I got I to, we'll get to Cincinnati. Which game? The, the first game is, uh, is San Fran, Philadelphia, going, right? San Fran going cross country, entering Philly, and San Fran's getting two and a half. I, I now learned from you what a rat line is. And, uh, <laughs> there you so go. I now, I now look with suspicion at these games because <laughs> – I've been, I've seen San Francisco like the last three or four times they played and they look spectacular They're world beaters right now, world beaters. Yeah. And they got, but here's what I thought yesterday, Montante, I'm watching the press conference. It was on uh, just, and uh, Brock Purdy stood up. He's 12 years old. He, he looks, he's, he's 12 years old. And I know he's been great. He's been cool. He's been tough. He's been clutch, but at some point, it has to be too big for him. At some point, he has to make that big mistake, hold on to the ball too long, mm-hmm. throw in the coverage. Oh, this no. is the week. This is the week. I hate the Eagles. I hate Eagles fans. But I got to say, they are impressive as hell, and they're going back to the Super Bowl. What do you think? I'm with you, lockstep. It's like you're reading my notes. The one thing that just made me nervous more than anything as you were going on your little soliloquy, which I agree with you on, Craig goes, mm-hmm, which means I think he agrees with us, which is beyond troublesome. Well, dude, um, I mean, this is, big, this is by far the biggest game for Brock Purdy. And Philadelphia, you're going to have a bunch of drunk guys from Delaware County screaming at him. That defense is good for Philly. I think Philly wins semi-comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you, but this is the biggest thing here. What does Craig think? No, I, I agree. But <sighs> but you picked you picked Philly, I think, week one to go to the Super Bowl. And I had and I had nothing to do with it, so that's gonna definitely hit. So I'm kind of I'm you know it's a it's it's a push. So therefore they will win. So who are you? Uh, I'm going with Philly. So huh. See, does that make it a rat line, Montante? Because I feel like everybody's gonna be all in on Philly. Mm, I, I gotta see the public number on this. I still think the public more more frequently is gonna be backing uh, San Fran here. So, I, but you are right. It is a rat line because this game. It's tough because what do they say? The, the home field advantage is really three points. So they really are saying this is an even match game, right. which I tend to agree with. But when people think of receivers in this game, everyone's going to go Debo Samuel. I think the guy who's going to make the biggest uh, impact on this game is going to be A.J. Brown, who they absolutely stole from Tennessee this offseason. So we, we shall see. That's true. They, are, they get some weapons. You know, when you watch this game, the rest of the league, the rest of the country is going to say, man, my team – is not in their league. These two teams are really good, fast, tough. They got playmakers and they just got pass rushers. And you're going to say, if you're a Patriots fan or whatever, Jets fan, you're going to go, man, we are, we are not on that level. That's what's going to happen when you sit and watch Mm -hmm. this game. But Eagles are rolling and that is a big home field advantage and a long trip for San Fran. So we're all in on the Eagles, unfortunately. 
This game, I don't know why, but I, I just I've fallen in love with the Bengals. Love them. I, and again, rat line here, Montante, because everybody, the money's coming in on the Bengals for two reasons. The Bengals are what is it, eleven in a row they've won? Yeah, they're they're just they're just absolutely rolling right now. I don't know if it's a rat line. This is this is an erratic line because this line has been moving all over the place. It opened up Kansas City minus two, two and a half, swung to Cincinnati minus two, and now we're kind of settling right now um, at Cincinnati minus one. So this is an erratic line. There there's no rat to be found here. But um, Mahomes is limping. We saw that last week. He's got a mm-hmm. high ankle sprain, and normally it takes more than a week to get better. To recover from that. And uh, the Bengals have won the last three matchups, including last year's AFC title game in this stadium. One of the uh, Bengals, I forget which one, one of the Bengals called Arrowhead. He calls it Burrowhead. Says he owns that stadium. (laughs) Which means these guys are just cocky as hell. The Bengals remind me of uh, the Patriots in their heyday. Burrow reminds me of Brady. They just have an attitude. They got an edge. They're cocky. They're confident. They feel like they can win everywhere. I'm all in on the Bengals, which means they'll probably get crushed, but uh, I'm taking Cincinnati. You guys? No, I'm all in on the Bengals, which means they'll Damn. probably get crushed. But yeah, so I, I think that's – that's Jerry, I know you've been on them for, for weeks. You you would you would have predicted this game – they'd be in this game four weeks ago, and you'd be right. So you've been all in on the Bengals. You can't back off now. I get that. I respect that. Craig is just – that that's troublesome for you. I've been on, I've been on the Bengals since City. last year. I'm on Kansas City. I think that um, these these two quarterbacks are going to be in this situation a lot going forward for the next decade. And I think that uh, neither of these guys are really going to have a big lead on the other one. I don't see Burrow going up too well in these situations over Mahomes. I think Mahomes, you know, hobbles around the field, quick passes to Kelsey, uh, Andy Reid, offensive, brilliant mind. I think they figure it out. I'll take Kansas City. I'll take the one point just to be safe. Good. We needed that. We needed someone to take Kansas City. So I'm I'm predicting Cincinnati Philly Super Bowl, which would be pretty cool. But you know, mm. uh, and I think Burrow's going to be just like Mister America now. He's going to be everybody's going to kind of fall in love and get fascinated by Burrow. We're going to learn all about his family and his upbringing and his college and his girlfriend, all that. He is he's the next Tom Brady. All he needs is nine more Super Bowl appearances. Well, if Brock so, if Brock Purdy goes to the Super Bowl. That's the Tom Brady story. It's almost the same story. You know what? That is a rare valid point by Ironhead. Yeah, can we edit that out? I didn't like that. It's kind of off <laughs> Same, Basically the same spot in the draft, same scenario. Everything's the same. All right. Um, we got a big announcement to make. Ironhead has taken a few days off next week. I don't know what he's doing. I think, you know what I think he's doing? I think he's going to uh, get to like some camp, some weight loss place, maybe a yoga, <laughs> yoga, a yoga retreat. Be a real miracle. I'm, if that I'm going to South work, Carolina right? to set up a new studio. Out to the Berkshires for a yoga mm. retreat. That's my theory. But, uh, and he tells me that Montante can handle the job. Yeah. Uh, so we're pretty much going to have uh, some conversations next week. Probably won't be go out to anybody, but uh, we'll remember him. That's what matters. <laughs> I, I know you can handle the technical part. Do you think, you will have I don't uh, the same amount of uh, witty retorts. Oh, no, no shot. I've no. been watching a lot of game film on Craig. I can't be that funny. No, no <laughs> yeah. shot. Well, you're going to try, just, correct? Just, you're going to yeah, give it a whirl. Well, I'll see what I can do, but the fans will be let down next week. All right. Well, we, we, uh, I look forward to it with, uh, with some slight trepidation. I look forward to you uh, sitting in the number two chair. We'll see how it goes, Montante, but, uh, and we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. By the way, I'm in, I'm in whole Massachusetts right now. I'm waiting for my Shea hat. Well, okay. Let's uh, hook up. I'm in Boston. Anywhere you want to meet, anywhere in the greater Boston vicinity, I can, anywhere I can like ride my bike to or walk to. Good. I'll I'll be at, I'll be at TD garden tonight, rooting on my Knicks. TD garden for the Knicks Celtics. Correct. You probably, you really, did you get in attendance with the Knicks jersey on? Correct. Excellent. I can I can definitely meet you over there somewhere in the neighborhood and uh, get you your. I got I got a choice. You got a choice, by the way. I got like three different Shea hats. Oh, I'm, I'm still waiting Call- on giving you all the Callahan coffee and all the Shea hats I can hand. I'm still Excellent. waiting on my Shea hat. So let's see how good this goes. <laughs> okay, one of them's a hunting hat. It's all camouflage. I don't know. That sounds like you, Ironhead. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good for when we do January sixth uh, four year reunion. I'll do. Uh, I'll bring them there. Captain <laughs> won't be able to see me. That would actually, be the- I'll see Jerry. I'll see you next week. And uh, if I'm in the area, I'll give you a shout. 
All right, sounds good. I think it'll be fun. All right, there are our picks for Sunday's conference championship games. I get sad. I get sad when the because when we only have three more games after Sunday, there's only one more game. I, know. I don't care about the friggin' Knicks Celtics right now. Maybe, maybe in March or April playoff time, I can get into the uh, the uh, you know NHL, NBA, whatever. But right now, I just like the NFL. I like I like football, and it's almost over. But I think Sunday's going to be fun. But there are our picks. Go Bengals. Uh, we will leave it there. Man, I could have done three more hours on this, but we will see. We're waiting for the Pelosi videotape, the, 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 the body cam from the Pelosi house and uh, the body cam from the Pelosi exorcism. And uh, we'll see what the mainstream media does with the biggest story of the, of the decade, biggest of the century, of the millennia, the biggest story ever. We covered it. We'll see if they, uh, if they touch it. I doubt it, but Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.